Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. Right. Well, welcome back to this week's episode of the Armory. Um, we have exciting guests today. Uh, I know you guys are constantly wondering what, when Ileana is going to come back to the podcast. She will be back on our next episode. Uh, we've been trying to get a couple guests in that we've had opportunity to talk to, as well as a dog has just entered the room. Hi, Daisy. Um, <laughs> as well as give her a break. As you guys all know, she just had a baby. So that has been, you know, kind of keeping her away from the podcast. But I'm here with another Matthew, Matthew Braden. Um, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for a number of years. Went to school together, went to church together. But Matthew's written a book. That's right. What's up, Matthew? How's it going? It's going well. Just living life and trying to get the word out about this this great resource for uh, people who grew up in the church and uh, maybe don't really know Jesus. Yeah. So what's your book called? What what prompted you to write the book? Yeah, my book is called Factual or Actual, The Difference Between Intellectual Acknowledgement and Genuine Faith. And what prompted the book was um, my own testimony, my own story, because uh, I grew up in the church, and uh, when I got into my college years, and I can go deeper into this later, but... Um, sure. When I got into my college years, I realized that I really didn't know who I was or who Jesus was, and that's when I believed that I got saved, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit just put it on my heart to to start writing a book. So the book took yeah. me five years to write, um, just wow, on and off. Time. It's a long time. On and off. It's not a, a large book, but it was just like yeah. on and off as the Lord put stuff on my heart to write down uh, because I felt like I had to tell my peers mm-hmm. about the reality. Um, and that's where the name comes from is I had learned the facts growing up, but they didn't create an actual relationship yeah. with Jesus. And I tried so hard to create that on my own, uh, but it wasn't until until that college years that I really grasped the gospel, um, and the book was born out of that. Yeah, it's cool because, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is provide resources, you know, an armory, places where weapons for war are kept, you know, in the Christian life, it's a battle. Um, So one of the cool things about this resource is that it is not a big book. Um, I've noticed, I've heard you multiple times, I think, in multiple venues talk about how small it is. Yes. And I think... I'm like, well, that's that's perfect. You know, people don't want to read the, the, the 400 page. Yeah, novel. honestly, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that it's small is like, f- from my own experience, I am not a reader. I pick up a book, yeah. I read maybe two pages, and then I put it down, and I don't read it for a long time. So yeah, um, even even yesterday, I picked up a book that I've been reading since the summer, and uh, I read maybe three pages and then I put it down. So, uh, That's so my, yeah. <laughs> I wrote this book because I wrote it so, so small, but it's packed full of scripture. It gets right to the point and it really challenges, uh, each person to examine their faith. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the other cool things is just, I think, and maybe you can go into this a little bit in more detail. 
you have a really interesting story that I think a lot of people in the church also have, even if they haven't realized it yet. Yeah, that's that's true. And that's why it's so beneficial for not only um, someone who may be questioning their faith, but everyone uh, in the church or who has uh, a background of growing up in the church. Uh, for example, I have a lot of people at work that grew up in, the ch- in a church, we'll mm-hmm. say. I don't know that whatever church was actually preaching the Bible, um, but they have some background and they no longer go to church or believe uh, that Christianity is true. Um, it's a, it's great for them, but it's also great for um, anybody who's currently in the church. And I'm sure that I'll touch on that later. But back to, you know, your original question, um, which I'm blanking at the moment. <laughs> I don't know if I even <laughs> asked the question. I'm just saying, you know, it's really, I think you, one of the cool things about your story. And, oh, right, my story. And it's story. funny because yeah. I have had a front row seat right. to the first half. We'll yeah. just call it. You know, we don't have to divide it perfectly. Yeah. But I grew up knowing you. Right. Um, we played soccer together. We yeah. did, you know, families were friends, spent lots of Super Bowls together, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and for a lack of a better term, and hopefully you hear my heart when I say this, yeah. I mean, you kind of fooled me. Well, honestly, I fooled myself. Yeah. So uh, if we back up to my upbringing, you know, growing up, the church that I now attend is the same church that I've attended all my life. My yeah. parents started going there uh, 30 plus years ago. I'm 26, so do the math <laughs> there. Um, so I, I've been going to this church forever, and uh, I thought that I had the gospel right. I thought I knew what it was and had accepted Christ. Uh, when I was young, Every time the church was open, we were there, uh, you know, for Awana programs. We were involved uh, for any event that was going on. We were there. My dad was a deacon, and they would do um, Saturday, like, cleaning and working projects at the church. And, <laughs> you know, even as a seven- or eight-year-old, I was there helping out. Um, so so heavily involved in the church, and as soon as we were able to start serving you know, we were expected to do so. So when I was probably about 12, I started helping out with like the threes and fours on Sunday mornings. Uh, when I was probably 14, I got involved with the worship team, um, singing on the worship team. So I was heavily involved and I was homeschooled. So, uh, so you're extra, extra yeah, holy because you're homeschooled. Right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> kind of the, the thing is I, is I talk about this in the book and someone uh, who was reading it, they had just read the introduction and he came up to me on a Sunday morning and he said, it sounds just like Paul the Apostle who lists all of these righteous, holy things that he was, you know, the Pharisee of Pharisees. And then he says, but all of it's rubbish. It's mm-hmm. nothing, yeah. you know, compared to Christ um, or even uh, it's nothing compared to his sin, you know? Um, so, so that's kind of what I talk about in the book of my upbringing is I had all these good things. And I even, like I said, I thought that I had the gospel, right? I thought I had a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until I got into my college years that I started to do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was addicted to pornography. I went to parties and got drunk. I, uh, you know, I used cuss words and all of that. Uh, all, and here's the kicker, all while I thought that I still loved God. 
I kept saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, I even remember having the thought one time, uh, I'm going to be one of those Christians who's cool, that loves Jesus and still cusses sometimes yeah. and still gets drunk sometimes. That's like a thing, I feel like. Uh, it it I, is. I, I mean, like you'll a, I've see... I've seen it like a sticker. Yeah, it. you'll like, see t-shirts that say, I love Jesus, but I cuss, I, a, little I cuss a little or something like, like that. That's cute, um, but I don't know. You're missing... There's something going on there. <laughs> right, right. And that's the point of the book is is to kind of show what's missing there. Yeah. You know, uh, because... God even says to the Israelites, you know, you draw near to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And if Mm. our heart's far from him, then we are far from him. Yeah. You know, he might not be far from us, but we're definitely far from him. So, uh, so that's my upbringing. And what really woke me up was I came to the end of myself and I woke up one day, uh, in those years of, of rebellion. And I thought to myself, you know, I say, I love God. Well, I don't even know what that means. What does that really mean? And I had forgotten everything that I had learned growing up. I remember even telling my mom uh, one day, I said, I don't even remember how to tell somebody what the gospel is. Mm. And she was like, yes, you do, you know. Um, But I think that indicates just how far I was from my upbringing. And that's the, the whole point is it's not about your upbringing. It's not yeah. about being in church every Sunday. It's not about uh, reading your Bible or praying every day. All of those things are good things and they should be done as Christians. Uh, but it's the love of Christ that comes yeah. first. Yeah. So you, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying uh, you can be raised in a Christian home. You can walk the Christian walk. You can go to Sunday school. You could memorize all the Iwana verses you can lead people to Jesus. Uh, you can be on the worship team, yeah. whatever. And, yeah. And you still not really have a, a genuine faith. Yeah. You could still be lost and headed for hell. Yeah. Is is really the moral here. Yeah. So what, did you? Would you say that the, at, when you met this turning point? And I know we you've kind of talked about your upbringing, and then there's a whole other kind of chapter, right, that brings us till now. Would you say that? There, that is the point, whatever that is, that you really found Christ? Or would you say that you've just lost your way? And maybe you don't even know the answer to that. Honestly, uh, I'm not going to try to force an answer out of you. Yeah. I can understand that could be hard. Right? Yeah, you know, honestly, try to when sometimes... You grow up in the church, it's like... Eh. Sometimes I go back and forth because there were times, um, you know, when I was young that it's like, okay, I can see that the gospel was real to me then. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as, you know, when we look at Scripture, Jesus says to Nicodemus... You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then the rest of the New Testament talks about what being born again looks like. And that's where I have to look at my life and go, okay, um, that summer in 2016, when I woke up thinking, what does it mean to love God? And I started studying his word. Mm. That's when I became a new creation. When my life was no longer my life, the old Matthew died. So even though there were glimpses of it when I was younger, um, it's really descriptive of being born again, being that new creation that Christ has made me. That began uh, that summer when when I started questioning what it meant to love him. Yeah. There's a common phrase, you know, that there's no such thing as um, you can't come to Jesus without uh, radical life change. You know, yeah. The phrase goes something like that. And I think there's a lot of people in in the church who struggle. Maybe they don't even realize they're struggling with this issue. Sure. Because they've they've grown up in the church. They know everything about Jesus. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll even say they're Christians. Yep. 
and they'll make good choices, you know, right. sometimes. Right. And uh, they their life isn't any different than a lot of their friends. There really right. isn't any life change. And I think it's hard looking back, you know, looking at that situation, accepting that as just, you know, I mean, we know people that have just like strayed from the faith. Yeah. But I think the hard reality is there's no such, you can't possibly come into an encounter with the God of the universe and not be changed. Yeah, that's uh, accurate. I mean, uh, one of my, one of the things my father-in-law, who's been a extremely uh, powerful mentor in my life, one of the things that he loves to say is, uh, you, you know, Jesus says, come as you are, but you're not going to stay as you are. Yeah, that's uh, and that's indicative, you know, that's indicative of the Christian walk is we are sanctified day by day with Christ. If the Holy Spirit's living in you, there is going to be change. Yeah. Okay, so 2016 hits. Yeah. You've lived this whole life. You're probably waking up, <laughs> I imagine, in a frenzy. What is, is my life a lie? What's going on? Yeah. What, what's what's happening? You said you you said you're diving into scripture. Like, yeah. What's, so what's different here? Yeah. So I actually I started to look into the Bible, uh, and I really didn't know what to do at first. Okay. Of course, at, I learned I learned it growing up, um, and I learned in in high school we had to learn how to do a study, a ten yeah. step study. But you know, I didn't really know how to do that for myself. It was just a, a schoolwork assignment. Sure. Um, so when it came time, I was just reading the Bible, and I didn't, you know, th- but that was different than what I had been doing before. So yeah. it was something, and I was I was in prayer, mm-hmm. and it was genuine and real. Yeah. Um, but I remember that December, one of my classmates from high school died in a car accident. And mm-hmm. this is really uh, probably yeah. what even helped my faith at that time it was kind of like a critical i don't want to say it was the turning point because the turning point had happened back in the summer but it, it kind sure. of uh that's a wake-up call yeah i have to imagine yeah because I mean, at her I, funeral I there were so many people well a lot of people got saved but there were so many people that got up and talked about her uh commitment to christ mm-hmm. and i thought you know what would be said at my funeral um, would it be that I loved playing soccer or uh, lifting weights or, you know, mm. had muscles or whatever? Or would it be that I loved Christ and uh, I wanted him to be known by by my life? And uh, that really yeah. started the trajectory of, of the rest of my life um, up to this point even. Um, you know, I look back on that, and I still, to this day, think about that. You know, what will my life be known for? Yeah. Will it be Matthew, or will it be Christ? Um, and that's really when I started to set everything aside. Yeah. You know, Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you have to forsake everything and follow him. And yeah. that literally happened in my life, because I was obsessed with my physical image, so I was working out all the time. I stopped working out. Um, I was, you know, watching pornography and I stopped that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't reading my Bible. Well, I was in college at the time and there were nights where it would be, I don't know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And I would have a homework assignment that I had to get in and I would go, wait, I haven't spent any time in scripture yet or in prayer. You know what? I could die tonight and that homework assignment's not going to mean anything. Mm. So I would stop working on that, and I would go spend time with the Lord, and then 
after that, I would go back to the homework assignment. But it was really, for me, I could die at any moment. And if I'm not committed to Christ, what's my life worth? Um, mm. And one of the scriptures that I memorized at that time was Second uh, Timothy 4.8, where he says, you know, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for both the present life and the life to come. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Why am I not grabbing on to this benefit mm-hmm. for not only now, but forever? Yeah. And that's really what changed my attitude and, and outlook. So I started to study two, three, and sometimes even four hours in a day uh, studying the scripture because, like I've mentioned, I knew the facts, mm-hmm. but I didn't know why they were the right answers. I knew all the Christian answers, but I didn't sure. know why they were. Um, and so that's how I got to you know where I am now. Um, I talk to people, and they're like, how do you know so much? And it's because I've been in it so much yeah. uh, because I had to know this Jesus that, yeah. that saved me. It's so interesting how you can talk about and we, we we have similar upbringings in terms of you know godly parents in the church all this data right yeah, yeah. um but you really didn't know anything right and i i don't want anyone to think for a second that you know i'm here talking to matt because matt had a couple years where he just like didn't get it like i i feel like i went through a crisis similar to this in college yeah. where I, I was like what am i doing with my life right why am i pursuing these sins um that are just so destructive and i realized and this book when i read it i was like wow i i went through that and figured it out and the book told me all the things i went through i didn't realize it yeah yeah I, i'm glad i didn't have to wait till i read <laughs> the book because that would have been you know right. too long i wasted but i still yeah. i'm like oh you kind of put words to something I experience, and I think so many people experience. Yeah, and honestly, when I read books, that happens to me all the time where I'm like, wow, I experienced this exact thing, Yeah, and I didn't even know it. You know, yeah. the Holy Spirit was doing it in me, and I had no idea. Uh, for example, right now I'm reading a book called Pure in Heart. Um, hmm. It's a great resource. Uh, ma- who, who's the author of that? Uh, Garrett you? Kell. Okay. He is a pastor down in Virginia. And uh, it, he he used the yeah. scripture where, where Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Mm-hmm. And he uses that as um, kind of the background to our desire for purity. That purity only comes not when you're trying to be pure, but when you want to see God. Yeah. You know, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Or if our chief desire is to see God, then the purity will not happen on its own but uh there's so many points in this this book where i'm reading and going wow the holy spirit did this in my life and i didn't even know that it was happening uh but that's one of the cool things about reading books is when you read it like that you praise god for the work that he's done in your life Mm -hmm. you know as you're reading and you're like wow this is so cool so and you even see that in scripture right you read passages you're like man the Israelites are so dumb. Yeah. Like, you yeah. mean Moses came down the mountain and they're worshiping idols? He's only been gone for 40 days. Right. Like, you're like, oh, wait a second. I do that all the time. Just putting words yeah. uh, to my experience, which is really powerful. I want to go back to something you were saying before yeah. we kind of move on. Um, you talked about how you ha- learned how to do this 10-step Bible study oh, yeah. plan and, you know, all this different things. Maybe we had the uh, – and I feel like – this is something Christians of all ages struggle with. Yeah. How do we study the Bible? And I'm not talking about like, I'm not, I'm not asking like, okay, we got to start with, you know, uh, 
you know, observation, interpreta- right, interpretation, right. <laughs> application. I'm saying there are so many people who I feel like if they don't sit down with their notebook, they don't have their coffee, they don't have their special pen, yeah. they don't read X amount of pe- chapters, it just, it's going to fall apart for them. Right. But you said you just started reading God's Word. What, what does that look like? Yeah. Why, did you just Yeah, so here, here is, here's the thing. Uh, the Bible, th- this is something that A.W. Tozer says, and it's my favorite because I think it really puts in perspective how we should view the Bible and how we should treat the Bible. Mm. He says that the Bible is not the end. It is a means to an end. The scriptures mm. are for us to draw near to God. Yeah. And his quote is much more eloquent than than I just described, <laughs> but that's the basic thing is that the Bible is a means to an end, whereas oftentimes in the Christian community when we say read your Bible every day, pray every day, that's interpreted by many as the thing that needs to be done. Like this is the goal. Right. This is the goal. If you do it, you've reached the prize. Right. And and we say, you know, you don't want to check off the box. We say that in the Christian community. Sure. But I think we miss the fact that we're drawing near to Christ. So with that in perspective, the Bible being a means to an end, everybody's quiet time is going to look different. Yeah. And it should look different because God has made us each different. And that's a good thing, and we should celebrate that. So hmm. uh, when I first got saved and I was studying those long hours, I looked at everybody else and I thought, man, are they even Christians? Because they're not studying like I am. But <laughs> God has taught me over the years of this thing that that the Scriptures Yes, they teach us about God, um, but how you go about it is not necessarily X, Y, Z, but the fact that you want to draw near to God. So even right now, uh, my quiet time uh, this week is consisting of of reading the Scripture. Uh, and like I said, I I was reading a book earlier this week. So um, so I'm not sitting down with a notebook right now, and that's okay. Gasp. I know, right? <laughs> you're, not, you're not sanctified in this moment. Right, right. So <laughs> so that's where it comes down to, um, you know, we often get into the legalistic idea. Yeah. Of it has to be observation, whatever, sure. whatever. Uh, and, you know, obviously there are good ways and good tools. Of course. To learn, like... There are methods of understanding of course, and what I could go and I could go over. Yes, hermeneutics are very <laughs> important. I could go over, you know, what I do to study, but I don't think that would be helpful yeah. in this conversation because, again, it's about drawing near to God, and that's yeah. one of the things that I mention in the book. Is oftentimes, you know, we God calls us to seek Him, and oftentimes we have no intention of seeking him, yeah. you know, or, or we're, we say we're seeking him, but we don't intend to find him. Yeah. Uh, and if we, we do don't intend <laughs> to find him, then we're not actually seeking him. And yeah. I was even praying this on the way here, uh, to do this podcast tonight, you know, Lord, help me to seek you so that I would find you and instead of this, you know, kind of meandering around, yeah. you know, doing what we do as Christians instead being intentional about, being in the presence of God, yeah. seeking Him because He is a person, yeah. you know. <laughs> sure, and being in the presence of God is so much more than just reading your Bible and praying, right? Um, and I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was in seminary. A professor of mine said, "You know, there are some days in my devotional time with the Lord where I don't open my Bible, yeah, because 
I, I already have a bad heart going into it. I right. just call out to God yeah. and I let him speak. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you're saying your, your devotional time, you didn't, it didn't include the scriptures one morning? He's yeah. like, no, maybe another morning I'm just worshiping. I'm singing like right. audible praises to God. Yeah. And do not hear me saying don't read your Bible for like three weeks. But yeah. there's seasons of people's lives where I think maybe you've been picking up that Bible day after day, week after week. Yep. You're just reading lines. Yeah. Um, and maybe you need to call to God. Maybe you need to be honest right. and lament and be like, Lord, right. I do not want to study. I pray that prayer a lot. Lord, I do not want to <laughs> pray right now. Yeah. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my weakness. Right. Uh, because, you know, there's a famous pastor. Um, well, I guess he's not, not famous. He is, but he's a well-known pastor in Texas. He says, um, if dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. And, you know, for Christians, we should be able to celebrate that because yeah. we have someone who goes up before us when who's I'm so weak, much stronger. When I'm weak, then I'm strong, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's something helpful to clear up for people because, you know, I think we get so caught up, and you've mentioned this, in the weeds of uh, repetition and yep. if we don't have, you know, all these things in a line. You know, if I didn't read the eight chapters I try to read every day, if I read seven, then right, might as well just right. stop for the week. Like, you didn't get anything out of it. Like, people are we're missing the point. Like, yeah. God does not desire our, um, I don't even know what you want to call that, um, rote religion. Like it's just. I mean, that's that is what it is. We're we're creating laws for ourselves that Jesus yeah. never intended for us to adhere to. Um, you know, Paul spends most of the New Testament talking about how we need to, in a sense, forget about the law and live by the Spirit because the law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. Yeah. So this is an interesting concept for sure. So I want to. So you okay? So your 2016 goes by. Yep. You're flipping the script. You're you're finally not saying that you did this. You're doing this all on your own, but you know, you're finally doing what you what you maybe you thought you would have were doing this whole time. Like you're really <laughs> walking with God. You're communing with God. Right. What happens next? Are you are, do you just start writing this book? Uh, yeah. So it was actually pretty quick that I started writing this book because I I recognized that. I had found new life that I never knew before. It's kind of, uh, it's it's like describing to someone else what they've never seen. Yeah. It's hard. It's you can't until you get there. And so I had gotten there to the new life, and I was like, "Wow, I need to tell everybody else about this." So <laughs> I was like, "I need all of my classmates from high school to know, and I need everybody to know." So I started writing. Uh, Never did I really think that it was actually going to be published one day, um, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, "You have a story to tell. I've, I've, uh, you know, I've gifted you in this area. I've, um, I've given you the gospel, and like we've mentioned, many people can relate to it because many have similar stories." Yeah, it's definitely a book for people in the church. Yeah, not to say that someone who's a non-believer couldn't read this book and benefit from it and right. even you know hear the gospel right but i think oftentimes people in the church church are a book like this they're like oh, you know that's probably good for some christians but right. i yeah. i i got this locked in yeah like, i don't need this book <laughs> yeah uh, i'm gonna pick up a w tozer or something you know right. like um but i think it's much more than that i love how simple you keep it 
um, I don't want to like reveal the whole book or anything like that. But one of the things I love about it is at the end of each chapter, there's questions. Yeah. And, and that's not, something that came, uh, yeah. at the tail end of the process. Um, actually this, this year, this past year, 2022, uh, we started the publishing process in January and, uh, as, you know, we were kind of polishing off. I say we, me and my wife. My wife was a big help in the editing process and polishing off of of the chapters. And um, it was like, you know what? Maybe we should put some questions here at the end to really help the truths of the chapters sink in, or 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 uh, better, even the challenges of the chapter to sink in. Yeah. Uh, how does this really apply to me? Um, so it can be used uh, in a small group setting yeah. um, to really challenge each person. They're easy questions to ask. They're hard questions to answer them. Yeah. Uh, even even myself, you know, when I read this book and read the questions, I'm challenged myself to re-examine my faith and whether or not I'm ch- I'm seeking after Christ and following Him or uh, just doing the do. You know. Yeah. One of the things I love about the questions is. You could read it individually, ask these questions yep. yourself, and challenge yourself. And this is also, they're great questions for a group, like you just said. Yeah. And it's one of those things, I encourage everyone who's listening to this to pick up this book, and we'll figure out, we'll we'll, I'll, we'll put it in the show notes, and I'll, we'll ask Matt later how, best ways to, to get it. But grab a couple guys, grab a couple girls, get yep. into a mixed small group, uh, any age, any gender, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. get with fellow believers who are trying to run this race together. Right. Slow runners, fast runners, um, and ask these questions. Like these are, these are good questions. And I don't yeah. care. And I, I'm being, and this is true of anyone. Even if you know, right, without a shadow of a doubt, like I, my faith is actual. Yeah, this is a great book to read because one, it's a good reminder. We we need to be reminded constantly mm-hmm. of things. Um, Matt and I were joking right before the podcast started how we we used to say the pledge of allegiance every yeah. single day in school. <laughs> And we barely can remember it, but we yep. said it probably thousands of times. Yeah. yeah, We need repetition. And another thing, the point of books like this is for you to be able to say, "Hey, to someone you know, right. this is a book for you. Right. You would benefit from exactly. this book." Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the another reasons why it's it's so small is because uh, I wanted it to be something, a resource that people could give out. Um, my yeah. mom has been helping me to distribute the book at church, and she keeps saying, "Man, I, I just want to give them out as tracks to people, you know, <laughs> it's because perfect size." For yeah, them. I mean, because so. I I want people to to read it and be challenged, and I know people need the message. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's an easy book to give to someone else. So, even if, like Matt said, if you're if you know you're an actual believer, that's great. Uh, still want you yeah. to read the book so you can give it to yeah. someone else and say, you know, God's calling out to you and he wants to use this book. So just read, you know, I, I, I gave it to someone, uh, over Thanksgiving mm. and, uh, someone at work. It's a good season. For and you. I said, uh, please just read the introduction. Yeah. If after reading the introduction, you don't want to read anything else, I understand. And that's fine. But read the introduction because that's, that's my story. Uh, is the introduction, yeah. the theology, and everything else comes after, um, but that is hopefully what will draw people in to say, "Wow, I can relate to this, and maybe I 
don't know Jesus like I thought I did. Yeah. Maybe I'm not going to heaven like I thought I was. Um, so that's that's an easy thing to do is to hand it to someone and say, just yeah. read the intro. Yeah, and every the beautiful thing about the Christian walk is that the harvest is always going to be plentiful. Yeah. Um, every single believer knows people who are not believers. Right. And I bet I would I would bet a lot of money that every believer knows someone who claims to be a believer and yep. is not really a believer. And right. They, and they sense that. Um, and let's just be honest. We're not out here expecting everyone to just have the boldness and the courage to just go, hey, yeah. this is the life you're living. It's not lining up with the scripture. It's not lining up with what you say it is. Uh, you need to ask yourself, really, if you know who Jesus Christ is. That's not a conversation most right. people can have very easily. Yeah. But you can hand someone a book and right. say, hey, man, I just read this book. Um, it's really, really insightful. I learned a lot from it. You should read it too. Yeah. Um, and that will maybe open that door, spark the conversation. So there's yeah. there's many ways to use this book. Um, so let me ask you this. What, what are you doing right now to guard your heart from the factual uh, and keeping yourself in the actual, to use uh, a book title that we've recently just discovered? Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's an excellent question. Um, as I like, as I was coming down the road, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, e- even just having published the book helps with that because yeah, I want to live by what I wrote. Um, yeah, now all eyes are you know? watching you. Now a lot of what <laughs> I wrote is you know uh, is scripture, so clearly I'm okay. going to fail. Um, mm. However. That's where grace comes in. That's where the gospel yeah. comes in. That's where the actual comes in. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I'm doing is continuing to, to seek after Christ. You know, yeah. uh, I could <laughs> I could list all of the things, yeah, no, but again, it's not about yeah. the things. It's about the heart um, and crying out, out to God for his sustaining power you know if his holy spirit isn't alive in me i can't do it yeah it's funny you said that it's about the heart um matt and i both funny enough two mats we're both teaching sunday school classes adult sunday school classes uh, at our church i'm teaching class on prayer and one of the things uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago was it's so strange sometimes to hear david being called a man after God's own heart. When mm. we see his sin highlighted more than many people in scripture. Yeah. And someone brought this up. I won't mention her name. Just, I don't know if she would want me to say her name, but uh, she said, I wonder if a better way to read that is not David takes after the heart of God. Cause that's obviously not true. Honestly, it's that David, I had this runs after God's I had this heart. exact epiphany this year. That's awesome. I went to see uh, David at sight and sound Oh, and they paint, they painted that picture of that. David was chasing after God's heart. Yeah. And I sat there in the audience. I went, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But it makes so much more sense yeah. than, uh, than someone who, yeah. what was it, takes after? Yeah, so yeah. you know, it would be impossible to say any of us take after the heart of God. That would right. be making too little of God and too much of man. Right. But we can say things like David desires to have the heart God has. Right. Um, Because one of the things we see about David is no matter how many times he sins, no matter how many times he falls short, we see it in the Psalms. Mm. He quickly runs to repentance. He quickly runs to restoration. Unlike his predecessor, unlike his children, you know, or his son. I mean, I guess a lot of them. Um, 
it's just interesting because David, in that sense, does have God's heart. Yeah. Or has the heart after the Lord. And like you said, it's about the heart. Um, it's not, God, God is not pleased with our polished prayers. God is not yeah. pleased with our uh, well-dressed Bible studies. You know, God doesn't care about those things. Right. Like, we don't have to do it. God isn't like, oh, if you don't do this, I'm missing something. Like, God is all sufficient. He, all of this is for us, guys. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think is highlighted well in the book. Um, it's about, do does God have our heart? Yeah. Have we actually surrendered our heart? Right. And that is going to be evidence in the way we live. God can't have yeah. your heart if the world has your heart. And it's it's not going to be, it's going to be obvious at yeah. some point, right? And you notice in your own life. Yeah, and this, uh, you know, that, that last paragraph of what you said, you know, I would have agreed with that growing up. You know, it's all about the heart. Um, sure. But until being there, you know, uh, now it has new meaning. Yeah. Yes, it's all about the heart. But um, we have to... I don't know. We have to encourage people to to realize what the heart is, you know, um, because we love God. We we only love God because He loved us. Yeah. Uh, we only give ourselves to Him because He gave all that He has for us. So um, I don't know. It's it, this it, th- this part of the conversation is hard for me to discuss because that's where I'm like, did I get it? Or did I not, yeah. you know, at that time? Uh, because I would have agreed with all this heart talk. Sure. But I think in practice, that's where I was like, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. You know, how do I get it from my head to my heart? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that, you know, yeah. the 18-inch drop is what they call it. Um, <laughs> but I kept thinking, how do I make that happen? Yeah. Well, that's the point is, you know, you can't. Yeah. You can't make it happen. It co- it it comes from surrendering. Like Jesus said, forsake all and follow me. Yeah. So which is uh for the Christian, this is no easy task. No, and it's and it's constant. Yeah. You know, uh I was reading C. S. Lewis quotes the other night, one of my favorite probably my favorite apologist, uh, just because of the way that he you know, dissects the mind. Oh yeah. Um but he said, you know, each new day, we have to commit ourselves to the Lord as if we had never done so before, hmm. you know, uh, and I think that gives new life um, to us each day. And I would even argue each moment of each day because um, of the sins that we struggle with. Uh, yeah. When I was, when I, maybe, the, I, I don't know if your audience would appreciate this or not, but when I was struggling against pornography, I had to go moment by moment because if I thought... Uh, if I thought months down the road, I would go, wow, I'm going to fail. Hmm. And that would discourage me so much that it would cause me to want to go toward it, if that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, if I thought of years down the road, and this applies to even today. Sometimes I'll think, you know, what if I'm unfaithful to my wife in 10 years? Well, I can't think about that. That's where Satan wants us to think is yeah. is ahead, is the what ifs. Um but if I can commit myself to the Lord in this moment, yeah. then he will take care of the moments to come. Mm. And if I'm always committing myself in this moment, then I'm always going to be committed, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so when we look to the future, that's where anxiety comes from. That's where fear comes from. When we look to the present, 
Um, that's where Christ is. And if you think about it, it's kind of mind bending, but that's yeah. what's most like eternity. Yeah. Eternity is always the now. Mm-hmm. We have no concept of what that even means. Nope. <laughs> um, but maybe yeah. that maybe that'll help someone. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I got one more question yeah. I want to ask you. Then we can wrap this up. Uh, if you had to pick a favorite chapter of the book, what would it be? And just quick summary. Don't You don't need to give anything away. Okay. What is it? Okay. Besides the introduction. I know that's a powerful story. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm going to pick two. Oh. I know you said one, but I'm going to pick two, and, and I'll I'm tell you kidding. why. Uh, the third chapter is... One of my favorites because that's where the gospel really comes in mm-hmm. and hits home. The first two chapters, you know, I'm talking about other things, um, kind of leading up to the cres- cre- crescendo of yeah. chapter three, where you're left going, okay, my life is a sham or whatever, <laughs> or my, uh, or the gospel I thought I knew or the God I thought I knew is, is wrong. And chapter three really comes in and says, Jesus loves you and he mm. paid it all for you yeah. and you can let it go. Yeah. You can leave it behind all those good things that you stacked up. You can let those go too. <laughs> um, and then the other favorite chapter they have is actually the last chapter, which is called okay. the war. Yeah. And it's because the reason is because as Christians, we face war every day. Yeah. And it's something that I have found Many Christians are not prepared for, including myself. We mm. talk a good talk about spiritual warfare, uh, but I think when we're in it, we don't often realize that that's what it is. Sure. Um, and therefore, we're unprepared for it. So uh, that chapter was born out of my unpreparedness. Yeah. And I, the Lord was like, hey, this is... Uh, even as a born-again believer, you're going to face times of struggle where it doesn't feel like you're saved or it doesn't uh, feel like I'm near. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see this in Scripture. Yeah. You know, how many times does the psalmist say, you know, how long will you forget me, O Lord? You know, or he's crying out, Lord, where are you? I've been yeah. praying for days and nights and my bed is covered in my tears. Yeah. Uh I didn't realize that that was in Scripture. I knew it intellectually, right? Sure. But until I faced the troubles in my own life, uh, that didn't become real. So that's that's my favorite chapter because it kind of springboards you uh, from being saved into the Christian life. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I'll have another book out mm. that kind of uh, picks up where that leaves off. Uh, because I've ha- I've definitely had some seasons of struggle yeah. uh, that can definitely fill a whole other sure. book. I know. I, um, I I almost thought about asking about that, but that's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, and that's what time. you. I mean, you mentioned me teaching an ACE class. The ACE, yeah. the it's adult Christian education. Uh, that class is fear, depression, and anxiety. Mm. Um, and the yeah. reason that I can teach it is because I've been through it yeah. and still struggle. So, um, but yeah, that's a another entire topic on its own. Yeah, maybe we we'll have to have you back on and talk about that because I know that would be. I know that is one of those Christian taboos. Um, it is and without getting, without getting too much into it, which is, yeah, I know how easy it can be. Uh, Christians sometimes think they're not allowed to 
go through these things. Uh, it's that, a, and that's you're, you're a super sinner. That's where I was. Yeah. That's where I was before I went through these things. Is yeah. I thought, you know, uh, if you are depressed or you have doubts or yeah. anxieties, then you're not trusting the Lord, yeah. um, and therefore just trust the Lord more. Um, trust harder. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Oh yeah. And there's a whole ton of scripture to go along with it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Yeah, and we talk haven't done an episode that on because, that because uh, so it's sorely needed. And it, the ACE class that I do, I keep getting people come up to me and say, "You know, I'm so glad you're doing this class because it does seem taboo in the yeah. Christian community. You know, everyone says, "How are you?" and you say you're fine, and mm. you move on. Or if you uh, say to someone, "You know, you're not doing well," they'll say, "I'll pray for you," and then they move on. Yeah. Um, and so we really don't have in the Christian community, a grasp. Sometimes there are some communities that do, but uh, oftentimes in the local church, we don't really have that knowledge that we need yeah. uh, to deal with these serious mental issues. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on, and hopefully, we'll have Ileana with us too. That'd be a good conversation. Yeah. She's really passionate about that stuff as well. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, she, she kind of deals with it on a daily basis with, uh, yeah. with her counseling, right? Yeah, so. You guys know this, but Ileana, is, uh, she's on maternity leave now, but she's a counselor at a school, at a Christian school here. Uh, it's part of the church that we go to, so she does deal with that a lot, especially yeah. in this world where yeah. it's much easier to fall into things like that um, for for good and bad reasons, you know. And so um, we'll definitely have to have that conversation. But before we finish, what is the best way to get a hold of your book? If yeah. If someone's going online and they're like, I don't want to give money to big Amazon or yeah. big, big Barnes & Noble. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> clearly you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. That's fine. Um, uh, in fact, if you have read it and you want to leave me a review, Amazon's the place to do it, even if you didn't buy it there. Um, <laughs> that is, I, I need reviews on there in order to get it to show up in keyword searches and, and places. Um, so if you're interested in kind of sort of partnering with me to get the gospel out through this book, yeah. please leave me a review on Amazon. Uh, but if you do don't want to pay Amazon <laughs> to get your yet. book, uh, then uh, go to go to factualoractual.com and uh, you can order it through there. Um, and also, I'd love to, to speak. I don't know if you have events at your churches uh, that you, mm-hmm. you know, would love to have me out. Um, I would give my testimony um and share with people. I love doing that. And uh, if yep. you are interested in that, just shoot me an email at factual or actual at gmail.com. Yep. Um, I would love to do that. I'd love to get connected. That's awesome. Well, I think this is one of the better resource podcasts we've had because this is such an applicable book and um, hopefully we can get into the hands of, of more people. And one of the things we like to do on this podcast, you might not know this, Matt, um, is we like to leave our listeners with a challenge for the next two weeks. This podcast comes out every two weeks. And I, I was trying to think of, I didn't think of one before, which I usually do, but I <laughs> thought of one while you were talking. Yeah. Um, and I think this would be good. Um, and I, ha- I did something similar to this in college. It was an assignment. I want everyone who's listening to this, if, if this is something that you want to take to the next step, um, take a moment, sometime, take 10, 15 minutes. Maybe it'll take you longer. Um, and write out an obituary for yourself. Ooh, that's a good one. What do <laughs> you think one. people, and you can do this any way you want. Uh, what do you want people to say about you? Mm. Read it. 
is that what people are really going to say about you? Right. Um, write what you think people are going to say about you and read it and go, is that really what I want said about me? Um, the assignment I did was similar. It was uh, write, a t- write, write a couple lines for a tombstone. Sure. If you only had two or three sentences, you know, Matthew, Holly, blank, 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 blank. What would it say? Yeah. Uh, would it say, you know, talk to a bunch of people on a podcast? Would it say, you know, work to the church? Would it say spend all his life, you know, playing video games? Whatever. Or would it say disciple of Jesus, uh, yeah. lover of Christ, lover of others, whatever. Right. Um, and that's a sobering thing it when is. you examine your own life. It's gonna. It might take some prayer to ask God to really illuminate your heart and see what, what is really going to be said about you. And then, hey, don't just be sad about it and tear it up and throw it in the trash. Like, you guys, we can do something about this. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the whole point of this book. It's not like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I, I, my faith is factual, not actual. No, like, there could be a change and it yeah. can start today. Yeah. Yeah. I love that challenge. And uh like you said, don't tear up the paper and get upset. Yeah. Uh use it as a tool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Matt. We'll uh put all these resources and links in the show notes and uh thanks for having we're grateful to have you guys have you on. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well we will see you in a couple weeks. See ya. Mm-hmm.